All right, how's everybody tonight? You good? Happy New Year! So glad to see you. What a great way to kick off 2023, to gather together, to worship the Lord. He is faithful, and a new year is beginning. Uh, I love this idea of a new year because it really is a reason to celebrate. On New Year's Eve in Times Square at precisely 11.59 p.m., the sparkling New Year's Eve ball begins its descent as millions of voices around the country begin counting down the final moments of the year. I have a picture to show you. Um, Times Square has been called the center of the universe for the countdown. And what a celebration it is as people ring in the new year. Was anybody up last night counting down? Yeah, look at all you. That's great. Anybody lighting fireworks? I think you're the ones that woke me up at 12 o'clock. Uh, no, actually, uh, if you have little kids in the house, like our family does, um, you could keep them up till midnight, but I probably wouldn't recommend it, especially if you want the next day to truly be a happy new year, if you know what I mean. Uh, but, uh, you know, we let them sleep in, uh, celebrate the next day. I, I love this photo. Here's a uh, photo Angie took last year. This is our family uh, celebrating a new year. And uh, we got our little uh, confetti popper, which is it's just a lot of fun. But tonight, as all that confetti comes down, a new year has arisen. 2023. Wow, can you believe that? Could a new year mean some new possibility for our life? I believe it does. And, and this is huge. We're, we're gathered together tonight not just to celebrate a new year of our life, but to consecrate our life for a new year. I believe moments like this uh, of, of transition, of crossing over, are, are really powerful moments for us to experience a fresh, uh, to, to, to really experience a fresh our relationship with God, to deepen our commitment to Him. This is an opportunity for us tonight to rededicate our lives to the Lord and to really experience the power of a consecrated life. And we see that in Joshua chapter 3. If you have your Bible, you can head over to Joshua chapter 3. Now Joshua and all the people of God have come to the Jordan River. And just on the other side of that river, um, they look across, they can see the promised land. This is the land that God had promised to Abraham and all of his descendants way back in Genesis chapter 15. Excuse me, Genesis chapter 12. And the journey to get here to the Jordan River had been quite a long journey. Uh, the people of God had been slaves in Egypt for 400 years and then uh, Moses rescued them and led them out and then they got kind of detoured in the wilderness for about 40 years. But now under the leadership of Joshua, God calls them into this new land. A new page is turning. A new day is beginning for God's people. But in order to get there, they first have to cross over this Jordan River and it's not going to be easy. In fact, a key word in Joshua chapter 3 and 4 is this Hebrew word for cross over. For example, Joshua chapter 3 verse 1. 
Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. That Hebrew word for crossing over will be repeated in the next two chapters no less than 22 times. It's the idea of going from where we are into a new land, from where we are into a greater season with God. Joshua and all the people of Israel understood that by crossing over that Jordan River, they would enter into a new time, a new land, and a new life. Even as we enter into this new year, the people of Israel would, would experience new challenges. They would encounter new opportunities. They would face new battles. And by trusting in the Lord, they would rise up to new victories. They would go new places. And they would experience new blessings. God would be with them. The amazing thing about these moments of transition or crossing over is that these are the moments we have an opportunity to connect with God in new and powerful ways. We read in Joshua chapter 3 in this context of crossing over quite a remarkable verse. Um, Joshua 3, 5. This, this is a really incredible verse. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. How awesome is that? Do you see it? In the next year, God wants to do amazing things in your life. He wants to do amazing things in your family. He wants to do amazing things in this church. Some people are going to come to know Jesus Christ in 2023. Because God has put us in some relationships with people who don't know him so they can know that there's a God who can do amazing things in their life too. We just call that tangible kingdom around here. God's at work in this world and in our relationships and in our stories and in our lives. But hear this. Whether you and I consecrate our lives to the Lord tonight or maybe we don't, there is no question about it. God's plan will unfold. He will be at work in this world. Incredible things will be done. But the question is, would you notice it? Would you be a part of it? See, I believe that the key to experiencing more of God's wonders in our life is this idea of consecration. And if we consecrate ourselves today, what could God do in our tomorrow or even in the next year of our life? I'm going to talk to you today about the power of consecration. So let's find out what this could mean for us so we turn to God's word, Joshua 3, verses 1 to 6. This is what it says. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. And then you will know which way to go, since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Don't go near it. 
Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. It's the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are faithful. We thank you for moments like this as we leave behind the old and we begin anew. And as we look ahead into 2023, we know that you're the God who's there. You're the eternal God. You're the God of the ages. You are a rock. You are a mighty God, a God who does wonders beyond our imagination and comprehension. God, I pray tonight that you would stir our hearts to trust in you and to follow you wherever you might go because we don't always know the way. So lead us, guide us, direct us, Lord. Speak through your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so what's the encouragement here from Joshua chapter 3 as we cross over from 2022 to 2023? Here's the encouragement. Let's consecrate ourselves today for the amazing things that God will do tomorrow. What do we need to do? Number one, let's consecrate ourselves today. This is the opportunity before us. This is the decision we have an opportunity to make. Let's consecrate ourselves today for the Lord. Now, uh, we know that when Joshua spoke these words to the Israelites and he said, let's consecrate ourselves, they knew exactly what he meant. It connected with them. It probably inspired them a little bit. But today, when we talk about consecration... That's kind of an unfamiliar word, or, or maybe it's, it's like a big word, um, a kind of a bizarre word, or maybe a religious-sounding word. What does it mean to actually consecrate our lives to the Lord? I have a little definition for you. The word consecration simply means totally devoted to God. A, a consecrated life is a life that's dedicated to God abundantly and completely. So Joshua here in chapter 3 instructs the people to prepare to meet with God because God himself is going to lead them across this raging Jordan River. And he's going to lead them into the promised land. But in order to get there, the people must consecrate themselves. They must dedicate themselves to the Lord more abundantly and completely. Ian Bounds defines consecration in a great passage from a book called The Essentials of Prayer. And this is what he writes. Ian Bound says, Consecration is the voluntary set dedication of oneself to God, an offering definitely made and without any reservation whatsoever. It is the setting apart of all we are, all we have, and all we expect to have or be to God first of all. The consecrated life is a life wholly dedicated to the Lord. Now we can gain some even more insights about what consecration means by looking at the passage itself. So let's dive in a little bit. Joshua 3, verse 1 through 6. First thing we see here of these three insights. Number one, consecration is based on the reality of a relationship with God. Consecration is based. It arises from the reality of our relationship with God. Joshua chapter 3, verse 1. 
Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God. Do you hear that? The Lord your God. There is a reality of a relationship with God that is established first. God is present. He is working among his people. In Joshua chapter 1, Joshua is told, you remember, be strong and courageous. Why? For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That the relationship with God is already established. Did you notice the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, the symbol of God's presence, is already indwelling among the people of God? The Ark, this, this, uh, this chest, gold-plated chest, which contained the tablets of the Lord, it had a cover. And that cover was called the mercy seat, where the blood from the sacrifice at the altar would be sprinkled for the forgiveness of sins. And what we learn in uh, Colossians 2.17 is that these Old Testament realities are, are just shadows. They're shadows of the reality that we find in Jesus Christ. See, Christ makes it possible for us, but because of his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, a, a new relationship with God and forgiveness of sins and, and the indwelling power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And tonight, you either have that or you don't. See, consecration is based on the reality of a relationship with God. That must be established first. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? Have you begun a relationship with him? Say, how do I do that? The Bible says it's by believing in Jesus Christ. I come to Christ. Just like that mercy seat, his sacrifice atones for our sins so that we might be forgiven fully, forever, and completely and have an eternal life with him. Our consecration begins in that moment of salvation. Consecration is based on the reality of relationship with God. Number two, consecration is supremely an act of faith and not just works. This is key. Consecration is supremely an act of faith and not just works. You know, every year, uh, millions of people will kick off a new year by making a decision about something they need to do in their life. We call it a New Year's resolution, right? And uh, I I looked up some of the top New Year's resolutions. You guys ready for this? I think you maybe could have guessed these. Uh, Number one, exercise more eat healthier, lose weight, save more money, spend time with family and friends. I'm game for all those, right? I I love these resolutions. Um, You know, I I think it's like having a resolution can be a good thing. And and I'm kind of an action person. I I love it when I can focus on what I need to do. But to understand consecration, we need to realize that oftentimes in the Old Testament, When the people of God consecrated themselves, there were specific actions that they would do. Let me give you some examples. Here are symbolic actions used in Old Testament consecration. Washing clothes, abstaining from sexual relations, 
Changing into special clothes when the priest put on his special clothes. Anointing with oil, offering a sacrifice, sprinkling with blood, so many more. Yet in Joshua chapter 3, when God says, consecrate yourselves, we hear of no symbolic actions. It's not in the text. It's so unusual that there would be no like, tangible action that many commentators actually, um, looking at some parallels with ex- Exodus 19, will say, oh, they must have at least washed their clothes or done something to consecrate themselves. As far as we can tell, the consecration of the people involved none of these things. And it's a powerful reminder today that consecration is supremely an act of faith. It's not just just works. It's not just something we do. You know, Joshua could have the people wash their clothes a thousand times in the Jordan River. Still not have a heart. It's consecrated to the Lord. Now, a life set apart to God, I'll ask you guys, a life set apart to God, will that have some works? Certainly will, right? But it is supremely an act of faith. Supremely a devoting and a trusting of our lives to the Lord. I consecrate my life by turning my heart to God and trusting in Him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the life of total devotion to God. Last insight here on what consecration is and what it means. Last one, number three. It's another insight from Joshua 3. Consecration is letting God's presence fully lead our lives. Consecration is letting God's presence fully lead our lives. I love this. Look at the instructions to the people. Joshua 3.3. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Don't go near it. So um, one thing to understand about the Ark of the Covenant, um, which symbolizes the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant was normally uh, kept in the middle of the camp. So when the tribes of Israel were at rest, the Ark of the Covenant would rest in a tabernacle in the center of the camp. All the tribes would camp around this ark in the very center of the camp. When God's people would set out, one tribe would go, then another, then another, and then the Levites would carry the ark using poles. Again, in the center of the camp, so you have tribes going out ahead and tribes going out behind. But if you'll notice here in uh, Joshua chapter 3, and and I think that center of the camp, that's actually a beautiful picture before I move to the next thing. What does that symbolize? The Ark of the Covenant in the center of the camp. That's That's a representation of the indwelling presence of God among his people. So that's a beautiful picture for us to hold on to tonight. But something out of the ordinary happens in our passage. The Ark moves from the center of the camp to the front of the camp. And what are the instructions here to the people? Stay behind. Follow the ark. Maybe keep a little distance um, out of respect for the ark, but also you need to step back just to keep God's presence in perspective. Let the presence of God lead your life. 
And did you notice, did you notice if, if we do that, what's the promise of verse 4? It says, then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. As we cross over into 2023, uh, unless you're a time traveler, then, you know, let me talk to me later. <laughs> right? Guys, we've never been this way before. We don't know what 2023 holds. But the invitation for us tonight is to let the presence of God lead our life. The key for every one of us in this room tonight in 2023 is just what we see here. Let's attend to the ark. Let's pay attention to how God's moving and how he's working. Let's listen to his word and take steps of faith and obedience with him. And the promise here is, then you'll know which way to go. He'll lead you every step of the way. Consecration is letting God's presence fully lead our lives. I love the question King David asked in 1 Chronicles 29. King David said to the whole assembly, who's willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? Consecration is a matter of the heart and trusting the Lord. It's a life of total devotion to God. And the question I have for you right now at the start of this new year, are you willing to consecrate your life more abundantly and completely to the Lord for this year and for the days ahead? Will you prepare your heart and your mind to hear what God says in his word and trust him enough to step out in faith and to obey? And if that's you and you're saying, yes, I want to give my life wholeheartedly to the Lord, Get ready for some amazing things. Get ready. So what's the encouragement? Let's consecrate ourselves today. Why? For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things. God is present. He's at work. So we fully expect God to do amazing things in our lives. This is verse 5. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. Other translations, uh, just to help you kind of see what that amazing things, uh, other translations say tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among you. It's the Hebrew word pala, meaning marvel, miracle, wonder, mind-blowing. I can't believe God did that. How did that? Ah! What? As we cross over from 2022 to 2023, there are going to be some obstacles. There are going to be changes and transitions. But because of the wonders of God, would we get to the end of next year and be scratching our heads saying, only God could have done that in my life. Only God could have done that in my family. Only God could have done that in my marriage or in my children. As you look at 2023, is there anyone in the room today who say, I would like God to do some amazing things in my life. I could use some pala, you know, beyond my ability where God shows off his wonders. Praise God. But the timing is key in all of this. What we do tonight absolutely matters for our tomorrow. In other words... Tomorrow, we have hope. Tomorrow, we have expectation.
Because tonight, in an amazing act of consecration, we said yes to this radical idea of stepping out in faith to trust and obey God's presence wherever he leads without any reservations. Consecrate yourselves today. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things. Verse 6, Joshua said to the priests, here we go. Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went on ahead of him. You can read the rest of the chapter, uh, 3 and 4. I just want you to note something here. Where the presence of God is about to lead them is not going to be easy. They face a very large obstacle in front of them. And, you know, I can just imagine someone saying, really, God? Are you sure about that? That's a big river. I don't know, God. Are you sure? Really, God? Flooded river? See, just because you're consecrated doesn't mean you aren't going to face some overwhelming things in your life this year. We all will. But never lose sight of who's with you and who goes before you. Gladys Aylward was a British-born evangelist to China, and uh, she was and she was quite a woman of God, actually. Um, I'd love to learn more about her. But uh, the story goes, during one harrowing journey out of war-torn Yangchin, during the communist takeover, she faced a, a morning with no apparent hope of reaching safety. She was fleeing from the communists. She didn't think she was going to make it. Thank goodness God gave her a 13-year-old girl. And uh, this 13-year-old girl tried to comfort her by saying, don't forget what you told us about Moses in the wilderness, referring to God's promise of his presence. Any of you ever had your kids be like, hey, aren't you the one that always says, like, trust God? You know, like, thank you from the mouths of babes. So this 13-year-old girl's like, hey, don't, don't you remember what you told us about Moses in the wilderness and God's promise of his presence? To which Gladys Aylward replied, yes, my dear, but I'm not Moses. We might just say, yeah, but, you know, I'm not Joshua. The young girl replied, yes, but God is still God. Nothing is too difficult for God. Nothing. Exodus 15, 11 declares, Who's like you, God? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. God is still God. You don't have to be Moses or Joshua. You just need to know the one who goes before you. Let me give you a personal testimony. Um, it was actually January seven years ago, when God first told our family that it was time to leave the ministry that we had been a part of for 10 years and uh, step into something new. And we didn't really know what it was, but God had said, get your resume together. So I did. And he was calling us to follow him into a future that was entirely uncertain. And as we made that transition and crossed that river 
um, stepping out in faith, there were some tough times where I kind of felt like the Israelites saying, uh, you sure, God? Really? But I was encouraged by something that I came across in a little devotional called Jesus Calling, and I just want to share that with you because God has used this in my life. Here's what it says. It says, walk by faith, not by sight. As you take steps of faith, depending on me, I'll show you how much I can do for you. If you live your life too safely, if we fail to consecrate our lives unreservedly to the presence of the Lord, you will never know the thrill of seeing me work through you. Love that. In fact, if you go up into my office, that little passage is stuck on the wall right next to my desk. Because following God across those rivers of life is no easy task to do. And sometimes, to be honest, we don't like where God is leading us. Anybody ever felt that way? I'm sure the Israelites were like, I'm not sure I like the idea of crossing this river. And you know why? Kind of like what Sarah Young says. I think in those moments, God is calling us out of our comfort zone. He's inviting you today as you consecrate your life to him to take some real, tangible steps of, of faith and obedience to him. Right? This is going to stretch us. But we consecrate ourselves today because we don't want to miss the wonders that he can do in our life tomorrow. I don't want to go through life and live too safely and never know the thrill of seeing him work in me and through me. Now, I've kind of learned in my own life that the river ahead is big. It is a big river. It's a scary river. But the God who leads us is the God who is with us and for us. So let's consecrate our lives to the Lord here at the start of 2023. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things. I believe that. I believe that for you. Well, there's really no better way to make this real and to offer our lives to the Lord than uh, in a moment of communion. And I love that we get to begin 2023 here, meeting with Jesus around the table all together. Um, so if, if you would uh, begin to prepare your elements and just be ready to receive, if you're online, you can prepare those now or here in person. Communion is, is, is so special. It's based on God's love for us and his sacrifice on the cross. This tonight reminds us that Jesus gave everything for us, his broken body and his shed blood. And he did it so that we could have forgiveness and a new relationship with him. And we stand tonight because of Christ, alive to God in his presence, without any condemnation, fully accepted, fully loved. This is the joy of knowing Jesus Christ. And how could we not, as we come to the table, feel inspired to give our lives more abundantly and completely to him? This is what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. For Christ's love compels us. Because we're convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. He died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Guys, we are invited not to play Christianity, but to love Christ with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
And he's given us his spirit. He's, he's sacrificed his own life on the cross that we might have newness of life and fullness of life. This invitation today is specifically for those who've made a personal commitment to Christ. And as the Bible teaches, we always want to take a moment, confess our sin, and then just thank Jesus for the cross. So I want to give you a moment on your own, one-on-one -on -one with God, no distractions, to simply say, thank you, Jesus, for the cross. And right now, I want to more joyfully and unreservedly commit my life to you. And maybe that means saying yes to Jesus for the first time. Maybe this is a recommitment to Christ. But the Holy Spirit of God wants to meet you in this moment. And fill your life in a fresh way with his presence. So that you can follow his lead wherever 2023 goes. Take a moment, just you and God. Talk to him. Give him your prayers. Express your heart and your love for him. And then I'll, uh, we'll take this all together. So just give you a moment.